0: First of all, you have to believe that your story, your tip, your knowledge, whatever it is, the content that you have that can, you know, connect, comfort, entertain, inform, whatever it is, is worthy. You have to start there. And this, of course, will come back to just general worthiness of self. Like this is probably, it's so funny. I mean, of course, I teach very tactical steps and have a framework, but you have to start there thinking, you know, what it is, what I have to share deserves to be heard, deserves to be read, deserves to be watched by other people. So you have to start there.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Evercoach podcast, the online destination for a coach that wants to create a positive impact in the world and make good money along the way. I'm your host, Ajit Nawalka, and every week I'll bring you the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers, to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves. today, I have someone really, really special. We've invited Susie Moore to come on the podcast and share with you what she's learned about transitioning her career from being a high performing executive in New York to a life coach and then to a amazing author of two wonderful books that we're also going to talk about today. We'll also cover what is the secret to getting success on PR, even in these times, how to really get yourself published and seen in front of amazing individuals so you can yourself go out in the world and start writing things. Or even if you're not a writer, know how to really maneuver things and move things for you to be able to get success on different channels and different magazines and online platforms. We'll also see how you can really increase your own self-worth and be able to go out in the world and create a great impact that you've always wanted to do. All right, so without further ado, let's roll it. Hi Susie, how are you doing?
0: Hi, Ajit. I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm so excited to have you on on this conversation. And we were just talking about it that we were supposed to actually meet and record this in our studios. But then the Mm. whole COVID situation happened and now we're doing this virtually. But I'm excited that we still get to talk to you and learn from you. So thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. We're in such a connected world, right? No excuses. So here we are. <laughs>
1: exactly. Absolutely. So tell us, before we get started, before we get everything going, I, th- my introduction to you was mm-hmm. from a book that you wrote previously called mm-hmm. What If It Does Work Out? Uh, yes. If I'm right, saying the title right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a fantastic book. I love the book. I was like, this is so smart, everything that you talk about in that book. You have a new book coming up, which we'll talk about uh, in just a couple of minutes. But before mm-hmm. that, Tell us a little bit about your backstory. Tell about how you got started in this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you have had the experience of life coach and now you help people start businesses and side hustles and you're working in the world of helping people through social media as well and how Mm -hmm. to manage it and so forth, so we'll get on all of that, but tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you even get started?
0: Yes. Well, my background is in like the corporate world. I had a career in tech and advertising technology for over a decade and I really liked it. I feel like you get so many great skills from a corporate job. And you know, if you don't like your job and you're keen to ditch it, often we can just kind of like disregard everything that we've learned and we think, "Oh, I didn't really, you know, that wasn't the career for me." But I really enjoyed my career and I was really nicely paid. But around the time I turned 30, which was 6 years ago, I just I know it wasn't my life's work. I didn't want, you know, she sold video ads or programmatic video software on my tombstone <laughs> one day. <laughs> it just it wasn't going to, you know, it wasn't my contribution. And I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I kind of got to understand the life coaching industry because in New York, it's very popular. And I met with a couple of coaches and I just pretty much overnight decided to do it, Arjit. Like I didn't overthink it. I think this is a real strength. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just decided to kind of like start my business, announce I. I was a coach publicly. And I was side thing for around 18 months before I then left my job, which paid me $500,000 a year. So you can imagine that was quite a risky move or felt like a risky move at the time. And it kind of went all in on myself. And it's been, yeah, it's been, it was five or six years in December so oh, I've been wow. doing it full time so yeah and here I am and yes I help people with side hustles I help people get publicity and the coaching that I do is really around helping people move forward by just understanding what's holding them back.
1: Oh that's interesting what were some of the big things that you learned uh, as you were transitioning from your previous career to to the new career of life coaching the 18-month transitionary period the reason mm-hmm. why I asked that question is uh, we're recording this in this time of COVID-19 mm-hmm. right a lot of people are at mm-hmm. home a lot of people are Probably, or that's at least my assumption of it. And from the conversations I'm having with some of my friends, there's people are really imploring about the ideas around their careers and their lives. And they, they have the space or they have the circumstances where they're kind of forced to think about things that otherwise they were not thinking about. And careers mm. wouldn't make one of them, right? Because suddenly yes. you realize that either your company kind of like just bolted on you and said, you know what, I'm not going to pay you for the next four or five weeks and and see you later, alligator. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're working from home and you're realizing how easier, how much more easier it feels without the stress of your boss <laughs> leaning on you all the time or the mm-hmm. way you are effective or not effective and so forth, right? So we are all learning new things about ourselves. Yes. And I think it will be interesting to hear your journey through that process and some of your big learnings through that process. Yes.
0: Well, I feel I actually just wrote a piece on Business Insider about this, about, you know, why now is a really good time for a side hustle. And despite the obvious reasons, you know, we want to be financially secure and we want to, you know, increase our options, you know, we, we certainly have the time. And I mean, I think the main reason that we should start side hustles, of course, you know, financially to be responsible to think about our future. It's because we have something within us. We have something more to give. Like we, you know, no job, I don't think there's a single job that fulfills, you know, the use of all of our skills and all of our potential, no matter how great a job is. And what do you think about, you know, a human, how many dimensions we have, how much it is that we can, you know, really contribute? There's just, there's so much. And there's so much that we can, you know, contribute creatively to. So in that 18 month period, I became alive. Like I didn't need the money. The side hustle money was, you know, fun, but I didn't need the money. That wasn't my motivation at the time, and I just, but I just became so confident. Uh, the way that I interacted with people was different. I felt like something that was dormant inside of me for such a long time was kind of, you know, getting life. And I knew that I, I started to just feel in control. I mean. When you think about it, we just have, we do have so much control in our lives. Even right now in quarantine, there's nothing that we can control out there, but you know, in our, small spaces, the corner of the world that we touch in our minds. There, are, I mean, we have complete and utter control. So I just set my time aside differently when I was side hustling. I did less social stuff, less social media, less TV, was seeing clients, was pitching myself to the media to grow my business for free. And mm-hmm. it just, I mean, it just started working because first of all, I think that nothing takes the place of belief, right? Self-belief has to be number one, more than talent, credentials, qualifications, free really anything else. I just believed in myself. And... And I knew that I was kind of working towards something bigger. And having, I think, a vision that pulls you forward is very helpful, especially when you you don't get the results you want, or if it feels like you know business is not as fast as you'd like it to be. It's so important to always just be nurturing your vision, and that is kind of you know what kind of pulled me forward, kind of led me through, and. You know, I think also just setting some pretty lofty goals. I mean, why not? I mean, it's up to you. And I think you kind of, you typically land where you aim, right? So I I wanted to aim really high. And yeah, so I think I just kind of took the steps and remembered that, you know, it wasn't all supposed to be easy and it's okay to have disappointments too.
1: I totally hear you. And I so hear you in the idea of lofty goals. That's just how I have also operated Mm -hmm. my life. And the reason why I resonate with that is because, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I think Mm -hmm. it's very important for, for people to listen to this because often goals can feel daunting or not right or too much or too little. Um, mm-hmm. And at least my understanding of it at, over the years has developed it to be that this is every goal is imaginary. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can imagine as far or as, as not far as you want, all of it is right. Uh, the only thing that varies probably is the timeline. It, mm-hmm. Is that you put yourself to to not cause anxiety and, and heartache to yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. but that's just how I viewed goal over the period of time now. Uh, Mm -hmm. How is that understanding around goals for you? Because I think Mm -hmm. that's that's an important conversation to have.
0: Mm, Yes. The way that I look at it, and this is still the way I look at it, is that whatever is available to somebody else is also available to me. And this is why I think success is generous. And it's why it's important to be a role model because we need real life role models to show us what we can do, to show us what's possible, to show us really how life can turn out, how business can turn out. And when I looked at some life coaches, some who had big followings, some who had, you know, like online courses and they did talks and so forth, I was like, instead of feeling, you know, kind of envious, and those feelings can come. I think I would just realize that wow there's such an appetite for this stuff I can join this conversation I have something to add what this man or woman is doing is kind of within my realm of possibility too and I think I would just kind of look at people who had you know uh, books who had who did kind of different speaking events who had people who just you know really listened to them and benefited from their work and I thought yep yeah, that's going to be me like oh that already is me I just have to allow it in and I think that it's okay to do that. It's okay to want a lot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think we, we kind of avoid wanting because we think we're going to be let down or we think that you know some people are special and we're not. I just don't believe that's true. I think really our only job is to recognize our own worthiness, to see opportunities around us, to not expect it all to be you know, this kind of perfect unfolding, but to know that we're strong and capable enough to like, figure it out as we go and just keep making the next right move. And also having some trust and faith in the process too, because if there's a dream that you have or a desire that you have, it's because... You know, there's something there for you. There's something for you to give. And I don't think it makes too much sense to question that and to kind of indulge in too much self-doubt because there is nothing generous about that.
1: So true. So true. Is there a process that you have that you use to set yourself or know that this is the goal I want to go for? Is just intuitive mm-hmm. to you or how does that work for you?
0: Well, I write down goals each year. So financial goals, business goals, kind of specific goals that I want to hit just so they're really clear. And I know if I'm on track because sometimes I notice, i too, when it comes to even coaching high achieving people, we don't realize when we do well, we're just so busy focused on the next thing. So it's so great to go back to our goals and be like, I just want to have an email list of 50,000 people or, you know, or I just want to have, you know, so how many YouTube subscribers or, you know, whatever revenue month. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like mm, I've done a good job. And, you know what, it's great to reward yourself and say, you know what, I'm doing a great job. So I think goals are helpful, you know, to to have a vision, but also to kind of look back and do a review. And then, I mean, I think so much of it is intuitive, you know, kind of understanding what it is that you want and knowing that you're allowed to be, do, and have whatever you want. It's not just for a select few people the same way. Nature isn't just for a select few people. I mean, I'm in Miami. I have this gorgeous water view here and it's not just for the rich people who get to see the water or just the verified people on Instagram, you know, it's for everybody. And so I feel, you know, I want to take advantage of this short lifetime and kind of give it everything and risk it and be wrong sometimes and embarrass myself, sure, get rejected, like whatever it is, my tolerance for that is, is, is high because I know that confidence isn't getting it right and being perfect. It's just being willing to experience negative emotion. That's all it is. And mm-hmm. if you can experience negative emotion like embarrassment, rejection, humiliation, getting uninvited, whatever it is, then what can't you do? Like what, totally- what isn't available, right?
1: That's true how did you how did you build that tolerance is there, mm. is there something that you asked yourself or did something or some aha moment that led you to really believe that you could have that tolerance or have that tolerance
0: Yeah. I think it comes through just experiencing, right? Like sadly, there's no way around this. Like only action cures fear, only experiencing like the negative things and realizing you're still alive. The worst thing that happens is a feeling, which is temporary. The same way a positive feeling is temporary. It's all just like passing, passing Mm -hmm. through the body. So I think just uh, through doing, through getting rejected, through having a lot of failures, through making mistakes, sometimes losing money, you know, whatever it is, which which happens to all business owners, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like oh there are like there are select few who just always get it right we all have these setbacks all of us some of us you know we just don't like to focus on it and I don't focus on mine but I'm honest that they've happened and they will continue to happen so I think just the doing of it and then also you know I really like I really consume so much self-help like I invest so much in my own thinking in my mindset it's the only thing that matters right like everything else is you know information, which you can, you know, take or leave. And if it was all about information and knowledge, then we'd all have six packs, right? We'd all be doing all the things, right? It's so much just about our, you know, our own inspiration and staying focused. So I also invest a lot of time too in reading and consuming stuff that really keeps me uplifted and going.
1: That's amazing. Um, There was a point that you said, hey, when I started my first 18 months of uh, being a Side hustle life coach, mm-hmm. if I could mm-hmm. say that. Um, you said there was a point where you said I would like I started doing some PR to mm. pre-promotion for myself. Yes, Talk more about that journey. How did you make that decision? How did you go about doing it? How did you go about thinking it even?
0: Yes. Oh, I love this because I feel like it's been kind of maybe one of the biggest differentiating factors for me because. I think most people don't know, but don't know that it's available and they don't do it. And the way that it started was when I was bored in my cubicle and we're all bored in our cubicles at some point, if we have corporate jobs, I would read websites like MindBodyGreen. And I'd noticed that, you know, that a lot of the content that they created was stuff that, you know, I could probably create, you know, if somebody wrote about productivity or if they wrote about happiness or overcoming conflict, I was like, "Hmm, I kind of have something to say on this stuff too. And again, this is really not overthinking anything. Um, One day when my friend was late to meet me at a bar, I just... Wrote a piece. It was I called. It was called "No Is the New Yes." How to scale back your busy life? And it's the reason I wrote that was because I was side hustling. So working a full time job and traveling a lot and side hustling at the evenings and weekends. And I just had some tips that really helped me kind of stay on track. And I submitted, you know, what five or six hundred words. It was live in a week, and it, it was shared nearly four thousand times. Mm. That was my very first piece. And I was like, this is how I'm going to grow my business. Like, It's free. It's fun. You have so much authority and credibility. Even the word author comes from the origin word authority. Mm. And I was like, wow, I'm going to start here. And then I went to the Huffington Post, then to Marie Claire, then to Business Insider, Fast Company. I just went for it, RJ. (laughs) Uh Why not? (laughs) And it just kind of kept building. It's still my biggest method of growth. I'm still creating articles all the time because they work and they attract people to you they they create a lot of loyalty and i mean i love it so why not do it and then i created a product around it because a lot of people want to know how you do it like how do you how does it happen and it's it's not this mystical thing it's available to everybody with an idea
1: absolutely and not to take away from the product that you created but is there a method to this madness that is (sighs) explainable to go these these are the key up um higher, you know, like just a key bullet point yes. to think about if you're thinking about this.
0: Yes, of course. First of all, you have to believe that your story, your tip, your knowledge, whatever it is, the content that you have that can, you know, connect, comfort, entertain, inform, whatever it is, is worthy. You have to start there. And this, of course, will come back to just general worthiness of self. Like, this is probably... It's so funny. I mean, of course, I teach very tactical steps and have a framework. But you have to start there thinking, you know, what, it is, what I have to share deserves to be heard, deserves to be read, deserves to be watched by other people. So you have to start there. And then you want to think, you know, who who are my people who are essentially going to buy my stuff because I consider every piece of media content, even though it's, you know, written advice, you know, essentially a huge ad for me, you know, so I'll write a piece around, I have no say it's side hustles right now. I just mentioned a piece that was in business insider just a few days ago around selling at side hustle during you know, this pandemic. And mm-hmm. then of course, like links to my side hustle workshop. So in my pitch, or in my article, in my pitch, I'm not talking about my workshop, but I'm naturally like leading people to the next step. So mm-hmm. you have to understand that you're worthy know what it is that you want to sell essentially if you're going to be using your media as a sales tool make sure then that your content and audience and the flow from the first word to the last word to the link just totally makes sense you know mm-hmm. so if a reader if you're you know um, a coach on relationships for example right now aren't divorce rates spiking because of this pandemic we can't all live with each other that easily oh, that's I get...
1: actually in new york it's reported that the divorce yeah. lawyers are getting more calls than ever
0: Yeah, so as a relationship coach, I'd I'd say you know how to communicate with your spouse when you're together 24/7, or you know ways to not get angry, or ways to talk through you know homeschooling, you know whatever it is. I'd give my advice and then link to you know sharing a session, or you know if you have a product or a book, you link to it. So understand your worthiness, know who what it is you want to sell, then essentially just figure out like where your people are, like what they're reading, what they're consuming, and then place your message inside that very busy marketplace, and then make the next action step very easy. read it to take. Mm-hmm. that's you say, it
1: the, the way you're explaining it it almost feels like you're also starting with the end in mind
0: yes is that
1: is that would, would it be accurate yeah
0: a million you percent say, yeah mm-hmm.
1: i have this workshop that i want people to know about mm-hmm. it's more contextual to right now this is happening i have a perfect piece that i can write is there a is there what about the people who are who don't count themselves as writers is there a mm. way for them
0: Oh my gosh. I don't consider myself a writer, Ajit. I mean, it's funny, like what we become as we, as we start doing things. It's interesting. One thing that I always share, and I really, it bears repeating, I think, because sometimes we have these, these reasons, right? Or these excuses that hold us back. And it's very easy to say, you know, I'm not qualified as a life coach, or I'm not certified in X or Y, or I don't have a college degree or a master's degree, or I'm not a journalist. I'm none of those things. Ajit, I left school at 18 that's all I have. I have nothing, no other formal qualifications. Mm. And if I can, you know, have the media like success that I've had, some of the best media in the world, like the Today Show, Open Magazine, Forbes, like whatever it may be, then what isn't possible for most people? Mm. I think it's really, again, this is kind of where success in any area becomes generous. If you're also willing to share how, and, Mm. you know, what it is that you don't need in a lot of cases. And so so, I repeat this all the time because often people will say, yeah, I'd love to, but, and I'd love to kind of question the but always because you know how there's this, you know, in traditional psychology, there's this traditional model of cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Like I'd love to, you know, say, you know, be be a life coach, but I don't have my training. I don't have, you know, a formal skill, like a formal uh, piece of paper about it. Well, then the way that I would look at that is I would flip the cause and effect. I'd say, well, becoming a life coach is going to require some courage. It's going to require some work from you. And it might put you on the line for some criticism or something negative. So you're going to blame your lack of a qualification. And there's nothing wrong with having a qualifications, yes or no. It's very personal, but often we'll... But the thing that we want is the thing that scares us. So we'll find a really good reason. And even a really good excuse is still an excuse. So I love to flip it. And then and then say, okay, well, if the cause and effect were true, then everybody, any person in the world who, has, who hasn't had a certif- you know, some certification has never become a life coach. Like, what would, that would then have to be true for your, for your belief to be true. Mm. And I think it's so great to dissect it. Like, It's so much fun. Think about what you can't dissect. Sometimes women will say to me, I'd love to start a business, but my husband doesn't support it. And I'd say, yeah, again, starting a business can be a little scary. So you're going to blame your husband. So flipping this cause and effect model, it's so much fun. And you have to constantly look for evidence that supports the opposite of your belief, like your cause or belief or excuse. And you'll always find it. Like you will always find people who started businesses with no money, without their husband's approval, you know, with whatever limitation they perceive. And you'll you'll see success stories everywhere when you look for them.
1: So you're saying that it could be that you would go, Oh, I'm not a writer is because you're afraid of the criticism or it not working. Yes. Out or rejection. Yes. Say.
0: yes. I'm not a writer either. But you know what we kind of do, we become, right? We kind of mm. there's this old saying you have to do the verb before you become the noun. If you want to coach, coach, you want to write, right. And if someone says I'm not a writer, I'll say, Great, neither am I. Let's go. What we like what we're going to create, <laughs> you know? Because that excuse just simply doesn't hold. Sorry. Lovingly sorry.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for saying that because I think it's important for people to hear this. Um, If let's say somebody was to take that leap of, all right, I see my cause and effect. I want to now start putting out my first article. Uh, I see what Susie is trying to get me to do, which is to come up with or not come up with, know what my end goal is. I want to Mm -hmm. write an article. Now I have this thing of going, how do I structure this? So Mm. do you have any few like simple bullets to go, okay, these are three or four things to kind of think about as to about writing your first one?
0: Yes. I would do a bit of research. So whatever it is that you want to create, I would just do a little search, see who's... Because there'll always be content around it. No one can really create anything original. So lose that pressure immediately to be perfect, to be original, whatever it is. So I'd say, okay, who who else is already writing about my topic? Say, for example, you know, like you're a sleep coach, I don't know, and you want to talk about business travel and sleep or a newborn and sleep. I'd say, you know, who else is already creating content around that? What's popular? What are people, you know, what are they already really consuming? What do they like what's kind of going viral and where like is it in parents parents magazine is in family circle is it in ink is it in entrepreneur like just you know doing a little bit of research i always say that just a few minutes of homework saves hours of hustle because you kind of already know what's trending and of course you put your own unique spin on it you'll create your own piece of unique content but you kind of know what's trending what's interesting to an audience and what types of places accept that type of content so, I mean, Google is like the world's most amazing assistant 24-7 on demand, right? And it doesn't have to be anything complex. You can just kind of create, like, do, do a few searches around what it is that you'd like to create, see what's hot, think, okay, great. What's my angle on this? What's my unique kind of contribution to this conversation? And then you can already see you know, kind of what kind of places might, might like to hear from you. And a really great tool that I love to use is called BuzzSumo, B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O. To also type in your, your area, so you can just type in sleep, coach, nutrition, whatever your area is, and they'll show you the most popular articles with those in the title. So there's so much, there's so much available. Like it's, it's all, it's just, it's all there. And then you have to just connect uh, a very simple, concise pitch to the right editor at the right time.
1: That's that's amazing. Thank you so much for those tips, and thank you for the ah. tool as well. I mean, it's it's uh, outrageously helpful for anybody mm-hmm. who wants to get started. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about PR, and and the reason why I also wanted to go in there is because, again, same logic. We Some mm-hmm. of us are, are home. Uh, even if we have all the stresses of being home, like kids and everything, running around, we mm-hmm. can find a few hours for ourselves, our businesses, our size, side hustles or main hustles, yes. uh, irrespective. And because that is the case, it is a good time for us to evaluate options like, hey, listen, if you don't have a huge investment upfront that you can make in starting a coaching business or your consulting business or so forth, you could always just say, hey, what if I just created really valuable content to relevant parties and put it out as a PR medium, and even something that is contextual to what's happening right now. Absolutely.
0: May I just like, um, just kind of share on that a bit more because some people think, Oh, you know, I don't know if now's the right time. I don't know. And now is the right time because media consumption is higher than ever. All stuck at home, scrolling, reading, just, you know, whatever content's out there. Like it has more eyeballs on it than ever. Plus we need advice. I mean, I've seen some really great pieces out there, including from some people in my group around sobriety right now, like what that looks like in quarantine, certainly relationship advice, a lot of financial advice like so much finance, like what do you touch my friend Fanny Chababi, she, her slogan right now is don't touch your face or your retirement plan <laughs> like she's a financial expert you know <laughs> and so I mean there's that there, we need what it is that you know maybe you know how to create like really great meal meal plans for the week or, there are a lot of people who are used to kind of going to jobs each day you know who, who have that you know they ride their bike they have their salad they come home and now they just they're in flux they're like mm, I don't know what to eat or do so we need people to tell us what to eat and what <laughs> to do you know yeah. so so th- this is a time to really give, like, step up and give advice because people are listening, and we need it.
1: And this is so, um, like, it's such a brief moment. You covered so many different industries, of categories. <laughs> yes. You yes, finances. You touched health. You touched relationship. You kind of touched mm-hmm. life. You touched uh,
0: <laughs> everything.
1: Like, like everything, pretty much, in the, that one minute chunk right there. And and thank you for doing that uh, because people can see how it's relatable. Everything that you do. The the tougher thing probably is to keep ourselves focused and actually do it and not get sucked into whatever is happening around us and maintain the productivity and maintain the drive and stay curious and stay present and keep doing the work that needs to be done. So so Mm -hmm. do you have any tips for that? How are you managing yourself in this time?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, I think first of all, if you need a break, take it. Some people, I think, are really overworked and exhausted. And this kind of collective force regroup is a blessing in a way, because, you know, we would never just be with our family. Even on vacation, we kind of go, 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 right? So it's kind of like this force reset. So I think if you need a break, take it. First of all, we don't have to be like productivity central, you know, all day, every day. But the way that I'm thinking about it is, well, there's going to be a day where I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the club for four days in a row, Arjun. <laughs> like, I'm staying out. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. I, I have canceled my Europe trip because we didn't know if we're going to be able to make it. And that's our, like our annual month and a half, two months that we do in Europe. And oh. We canceled it like last week or last last week because we're like we're definitely not taking that risk but that means yes absolutely partying that needs to happen (laughs) oh i'm I'm doing all the things
0: (laughs) i'm i'm going out and like licking everybody like it's gonna it's gonna happen (laughs) right Uh, but i think that day's gonna come and so like what can i kind of do at home i'm creating six months worth of youtube content i'm kind of again because i'm a media gal i'm doing a lot of pictures around my book interestingly you know even just live tv shows you can do them at home if you have good wi-fi and lighting I mean, every editors need content, producers need content. So I'm kind of pitching my stories as usual, but making them relevant for this time. And you know, you just think, well, what's most useful right now? Like, what what do I have that can be useful at the moment? Always just kind of thinking that, and so I'm going forward with that. And also, you know, reading, doing some things, keeping it keeping it kind of loose. I mean. Not taking it all too seriously, thinking you have to have like this perfect routine. But you know, overall, working in the mornings, taking breaks, enjoying the afternoons, and having some nice happy hours with my husband at night. <laughs> what about you? Can I ask? I'd love to hear. Like, I love to hear what people are doing.
1: Well, um, I have a I have an eighteen month old at home, so our days look a little bit different than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last night was uh, was interesting because he usually sleeps through the whole night, but last night he just decided. That at 1.30 in the night, he's gonna wake up and stay up till like three thirty in the morning. So it was a little, little tough last night, but but mm-hmm. otherwise, usually our days kind of split between we decide who's who's doing what at what time between me and my wife. Uh, so we kind of give each other productive hours, where because otherwise we have the kid, you know, like we have to take mm-hmm. care of him, and he's yes. too small to take care of himself, and mm-hmm. we don't want to give him the. Best babysitter in town, which is TV and and iPads <laughs> all the time. So, uh, mm-hmm. so we're trying to trying to maintain a more healthier way mm-hmm. because he can't go out. Like we can't go out. Like we can walk around yes. all that for a kid. You know they want to run around and do things. So mm-hmm. It's a little bit difficult uh, uh, for that. Uh, for 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 all of that. So so we're trying to manage our work schedules like that. So for example, today is most of the day I have podcasts and recordings. So my wife mm-hmm. really taking care of of Ari who's our kid Um, when she has stuff like this I take care of him most Mm. of the time so we we kind of tango we try to either give each other a whole productive day or at least a couple hours so we all give like okay two hours to you two hours to you you know we, we kind of tango um other than that, we we just very cooking a lot at home, like just because both of us love cooking, so it's like mm. our so many different recipes that we hadn't cooked in a while uh, or haven't never cooked, and we looked it up, and we thought, oh, right, we're going to try and make this just to not Fantastic. always be stuck with the screen, too, because, again, mm. we have the tendency when we are not with him to, like, work all the work, mm. so we're like, let's not do that, so we... Uh, make lunch and dinner together. We spend some time together every evening once he's gone to bed, post 8 p.m. We're like, no screen time, which has always been the protocol. So that's not new per se. Uh, but that's what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. but like for example, like for health, um, I just started doing a uh, 1,000 burpees in the next 30 days. So about 35, mm-hmm. 40 burpees a day. Wow. Um, so that's just, it's like, all right, that's what I'm going to do for every day for the next 30 days, just so that even if I... Because you can't go to the gym or anything like that. We have weights and everything mm-hmm. at home, so we're are okay. But it's just you know, if you don't have a goal in mind, like you said,
0: uh, kind of like you're
1: going, yeah, whatever, I'll do it, and then you don't do it for like three days straight. Um, so it's like, okay, now let's put ourselves to a goal that puts me on task. So we're doing different things, setting agendas for different areas of life to make sure that uh, we don't get. Comfortable because it's very easy to get comfortable, especially yes. people like us, uh, mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurs who have full-time entrepreneurial companies and and careers, um, and who I, and I don't know how you're feeling it right now, but for us the business is not necessarily impacted because we're always a virtual company, a yeah. digital. so it's not necessarily <laughs> impacting it negatively. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit positive because more people, like we said, are mm-hmm. are questioning if what they have been doing in their careers was good, if their businesses are set up the right way. And we mm-hmm. are an education company, which so we're perfectly positioned for people to take advantage of. So we're not yes. necessarily seeing that. So there's no anxiety around that per se. And mm-hmm. none of our clients are seeing that. So there's no anxiety around that per se. So so that's clients wonderful our personal clients. Yeah. So pretty much mm-hmm. everybody's actually reporting more so growth, except maybe one or two who is kind of like in a uh, unsure place. But that's also because of other circumstances that are in their life. But so, so we're doing pretty well in that context right now. Sounds
0: like it. Yeah, you're making me feel <laughs> bad. <August. laughs> it's
1: more, it's, it's more, it's more. A much thousand burpees?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta put yourself to a task. If it's too easy, you're not gonna do it, right? Um, I like so, it. I, mean, yeah, it's I like it. Possible, like it's 35 burpees, 40 burpees a day is not that hard. You can do like 10 burpees every two hours and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. But uh, just to give myself something to kind of chase. Because otherwise, oh, sanity, that's the problem.
0: Yes, sanity is the goal.
1: <laughs> like don't lose it. You're not seeing another human being for God knows how many.
0: I know. And I'm an extrovert too. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm an
1: introvert. So I was great for the first two weeks. And the mm-hmm. third week, it started to hit me. I'm like, I've not seen any of my friends physically. I've only met mm-hmm. my wife and my mm-hmm. kid. Like it's it's getting to you, you know. Like your your yeah. our date time was like us going to Whole Foods together. Like, yeah,
0: that's how it's <laughs> yeah bad right now. Uh, so it's
1: grocery shopping together.
0: <laughs> I know it's so <laughs> exciting.
1: <laughs>
0: it's funny That isn't How we adjust so quickly. Human beings are so resilient. Like, it's amazing. I feel so used to it already. Like, it's so bizarre, right? (laughs) Like this would have been unthinkable a few weeks ago, what we're all doing now, completely unthinkable. We'd have been like, yeah, right. Like that's that's a really interesting joke. I mean, it's, it's amazing how we adapt so fast. That's
1: true. That's true. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, tell me a little bit towards, I know there's a new book that just came out as we have conversation when we'll post it would have been just been maybe a week and a half or something since it has come out. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about a, how did you get the idea what the book is all about?
0: Yes and my book is called Stop Checking Your Likes which is a it's not a social media book but I the reason I called it Stop Checking Your Likes is because you know essentially you know any social media platform has become this very kind of very public popularity like contest almost where we can get live kind of real-time feedback all the time on how well we're doing or if we allow ourselves to interpret it that way. Are we living the right way? Are we quarantining the right way? Are we, you know, saying the right thing, eating the right thing, you know, whatever it may be. And there's really nothing new here. Comparison and, you know, criticism, all the kind of things I cover in my book, they're just, you know, parts of being human. But I just think probably now there's also you know, a lot of open cruelty and there's a lot of uh, you know, fear that we have about you know, being seen and being judged. And so I wanted to write a book around essentially the importance of self-approval and mm-hmm. self-reliance and knowing that your worthiness can never, a million likes can't make you any more or less worthy. And a million likes or a billion likes will make your life any more temporary or less temporary. So I think I just wanted to highlight some just ancient truths in like a fun way and telling some really kind of bizarre stories, like some bizarre stories about when I was growing up, about, you know, even just being divorced young, sharing just a lot around um, just kind of personal stories that I haven't shared before, because I want people to know like if really crazy things have happened to you. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like what's the interpretation and where's your power now? So I think I condensed, I mean, I've I've written an article about this, Arjit. It was like what I've, the five lessons I've learned from reading like 500 self-help books. And I feel like I've consumed all the books and I've distilled the best lessons for me and for the people that I've coached. And I've kind of put them in this book with some stories and some takes of my own, but I just think help you, help you just help you live your life. And uh, it was kind of the the book I've always wanted to write. And it's kind of a bit scary when you put something brand new out there that's kind of revealing a lot about you. But I think that's also part of the, the, the point of life right like safety isn't the goal and feeling comfortable isn't the goal so yeah i put like everything like all, like the most juicy stuff like i had to like hit a deadline there's always more you'd want to say but i put i think the most powerful information in this book that i've acquired so far
1: that is that is beautiful and i love that you that this book, book focuses on step one Mm-hmm. Of really getting out there, which is self-acceptance, self-love, yes. um, knowing yourself, getting comfortable with yourself, being able yes. to see how really things need to be seen, which is yeah. something that we covered as the first thing on the conversation, among the first few things that we covered in the conversation. And if exactly. you want to get uh, ahead and, and, and see if PR is for you and, and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff is for you, the first thing is to uh, accept yourself and have yeah. yourself be comfortable with yourself.
0: I mean, I tell this like this kind of like, like a bit of a joke in the book, but it's also it's true. I mean, the way that I highlight it is, you know, just say that you went hiking, right? You're in L.A. People like that. Just say you went hiking with a group of friends on a new track and it, you got lost. Right. You just got lost somewhere. And the group that you were with, they couldn't find you and it was getting dark. Would they question whether or not you were worth rescuing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, would they say, wait. Is Ajit verified on Instagram? Like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> did he, did he like fulfill his taxes? Like on time, ta- like these things that we think like determine our worthiness in the, like in the spiritual world or our emotional world, they're not true in the physical, literal world. So why would they be true in any other way? You know, so if you're worth rescuing on a mountain or in some... You know, rock somewhere, you are worthy of everything good like there, and <laughs> your, your worthiness as a human being isn't deletable it's not it's not fluid, it is just fixed and permanent. and I find that every single problem, and I've not found a single exception to this Ajit, there is not a single problem in this world that doesn't come down to a lack of worthiness like everything, everything, every conflict that we have, every problem that we see, every reason we hold back, it will just, if you just keep going down, keep going, like, keep like getting to the bottom of it. It's like, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy of this. And so that's why I had to just write a book about it.
1: Can I ask you a question? So how would you suggest, and I know it's more in the book and people should totally Mm -hmm. check out the book to get the full, full lowdown on this. But if I was to ask you if, if everything boils down to worthiness, mm-hmm. is there something that you've found why we as human beings always feel that way? Why do we get to a place of not feeling worthy?
0: And mm-hmm. is there
1: um there's no quick way to get out of it, I know that, but mm-hmm. but at the same point in time, is there something that you've realized about it that if people would realize Yeah. Help them at least start the journey and then get the book and then continue the
0: journey. (laughs) Yes, because I mean, it is a big question. It's like, why do we like grapple with our worthiness? Why is there this feeling of not being enough present in almost everyone's life, at least some of the time, or at least in one life area? I feel like the journey of like acceptance and feeling self approved is a lifelong one. Right. But there are, I mean, there are certainly hacks and like, like, like knowledge bombs that exist that can really open your eyes. And I feel that one thing that's really helped me is whenever I'm in like a self-doubt place, right. Or in a place of like self-reproach or, you know, kind of um, spinning anything negative about myself, I realize it's really indulgent. And sometimes I think it's really helpful. Like, even if I'm coaching somebody who's like, no, mm -mm, you know, this terrible thing happened. I'll be like, you know what? We need to take the focus off you because your ego is really active right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the opposite, right? The ego is tricky. I'll be like, well, no, I'm just saying I'm not going to do the things. I'm just going to stay small. And it's like, that's the danger. (laughs) Right. Like that's it's like, oh, no, See, I'm, not, I'm not taking up any space. Like, look at me. It's, it's OK that I'm here because I'm just small. It's like, well, that's not why you're here. Like, think about the miracle that is your life. Right. Think about how your parents met. Right. How their parents met, like how all this had to happen for you to survive, however long you've survived to be here now. This is miraculous. Right. There is nothing to question about that. It's like questioning anything in the physical world. And we are the highest form of intelligence on this world, like to be a human. Mm. So when we're like, no, I can't do it. You know, I can't, you know, I'm not ready yet. I'm holding back. It's like, well... This is actually a uh, very kind of self-indulgent, um, unhealthy, ungiving, ungenerous place to be. And I remember that whenever I feel like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, you know, maybe I don't want to take up too much space right now. Or I don't want that next thing feels scary. It's like, well, oh, why are we all here? <laughs> like, why are we all here? This for a very, very temporary amount of time. Mm -hmm. during this temporary time, like the gift is to to fulfill as much as you can. Right. Not to the point of exhaustion, but like, this is why, you know, success is progress and progress is really the definition of happiness, you know? So I feel one thing that always helps me is whenever I'm in a "Mm, mm," place, like a dissatisfied, unhappy place, I know that my ego is at its most active and that's when I kind of need to check it.
1: Thank you so much. That's just golden, golden gems. Anything, (laughs) anything that you think would help people right now in the situation, our audience is mostly coaches, life coaches, business coaches, health coaches, uh, spiritual coaches, and so forth. Mm -hmm. People who are across. I
0: love coaches. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My my life changed because of coaching,
1: which is why I do what I do today. Um, Mm -hmm. So for for us right now, of course, one of the great tips that you, actually two fantastic tips that definitely I'm taking away today is, Mm -hmm. is think about, uh, about how you can add value through PR. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, the whole piece around software that you talked about is is mm-hmm. what you had to do. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you want to remind people right now uh, mm-hmm. in context of the situation or just generally yes. in life?
0: Yes. Um, it's interesting. A couple of days ago, I started to feel a bit down. I think just because, you know, being an extrovert, being home, feeling like, you know, I also had a very different vision for this time, RJ. Like book launch time, I thought I'd be in New York doing press. You know, so I've kind of, you know, had to, to shift and realize, you know, I don't just have a window. It's, you know, any kind of limits I'm experiencing, I'm just, you know, I'm putting on myself. So kind of, you know, breaking, busting the beliefs that are kind of making me feel limited. Um, the one thing that I think always soothes. Soothes anybody. And this is the gorgeous thing, which is a gorgeous truth in human, like human nature is if you're feeling helpless, if you're feeling frustrated to do something for somebody else. And a friend of mine asked me if I'd like look at a sales page. And it's like, I love doing this and like helping, but it kind of wasn't a priority because I had like book stuff. And I kind of just dropped everything and I looked at it and I called her and I broke down exactly how I would like update the sales page. And it just felt really nice because it wasn't about me and my book and the things I can't do. (laughs) And so I think whenever we take the, the attention off the self, focus on anybody else. And luckily there's a whole world of people out there. Then I think we kind of reconnect. We come back to our best self, like back into alignment of our gen- the generous place within us. And I mean, I think there's really no mood shifter. Like, it. I mean, I would dare anybody to tell me a time they did something really generous to somebody else and didn't feel the full benefit themselves. I mean,
1: mm.
0: it's just a wonderful truth. And I don't think we do it enough because we forget that benefit too.
1: That's so true. That's so true. Thank you so much for taking the time, Susie, and dropping such wonderful insights and knowledge and tools that people can utilize right away while they're in the situation or post the situation. It is absolutely fantastic. It was fantastic speaking with you. Everybody that's watching, we'll drop the link of the book below. Absolutely go check it out. Nothing better than investing in yourself when you're anyways kind of Lockdown, and even if you're not in lockdown, even this is post that it is nothing better than anyways doing in anything else than to grow yourself. So I'll highly invite you to go ahead and check out the book and get a book get a copy for yourself. Thank you so much, Susie. Thank
0: you so much, Ajit Mwah.
1: I am your host, Ajit Navlikai, and every week on the Evercoach podcast, I will bring the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers. To share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves.